Hey, welcome back to the Behind the Well Show. I'm your host, Roger Abel, here with Jonas Everett today. It's been about a year since I had Jonas on the show. I know some of you are noticing I have a different background, but uh, last week my family got hit with the COVID bug, so I'm still in my my window of quarantine, I guess. So I've got Jonas in the studio, and I'm I'm at my house. How are you doing today, Jonas? I'm doing great, Roger. Thanks for having me back. I don't know if I was... Uh missed or uh i'm just kind of a utility player here so uh i'll do my best today well we a couple reasons i got you on the show one uh our other co-host elias he's also down with COVID as well and he is not set up to do this from his house i haven't put that investment into him yet where where he gets all the equipment for you, his you, house. you motioned down the, the down the bench and you saw me uh re- ready to go so it's gonna be a good show today well, I feel like, you know, we do the local radio show together and we always seem to have really good shows. Um, and one thing that I think is kind of cool and part of the reason I wanted you on this show is LPL, uh, which is our broker dealer, just sent out um, some market research. And the name of the article is Who Let the Bears Out? Investors are most pessimistic since 2013. And since you're the perpetual bear, I figured I'd have you on the show today. Well, yeah, and you know, I I think that uh, you know the what what I try to tell people is uh, just that when when we have a market correction and a market correction obviously is a ten percent drop in whatever index that that you're in, um, the media is going to go bonkers, and uh, one of the things that they that they talk about is downturns all the time, but they don't tell you that upturns last longer than downturns. And uh, what we try to do, Roger, and, and you do a really good job of this, is try to turn this into an opportunity for people that are still working. Well, absolutely. And we shouldn't be scared by market drops. They're completely normal. This is a correction. Um, and we are in correction territory. What, what I found was interesting, Jonas, last week um, I was watching a local news station, and the headline of the nightly news, the 5 o'clock news, was uh, Dow goes down. 1000 points today. What's ironic about it? It finished the day positive. So right. we going down as complete non-event for most investors who we work with. I mean, unless we have clients who are checking their account balances like every hour, they never would have seen their account go there. And number two, most people in their 401ks, they have mutual funds. So they never knew that that happened, but the media just zoned in on, Oh my gosh, it went down a thousand points. Well, it was a complete non-event in the grand scheme of the day. So one of the things, you know, Jeff, who started Premier, really always focused on was how do you build like this media filter to filter out all this noise and all the things that really aren't relevant to to making you a successful investor. Um, and I know you, you've you studied up a lot on, you know, what happens in bear markets. And we're not in a bear market yet. Bear market definition is down 20%. I was listening to CNBC on the way to drop my daughter off at school today. And they were actually talking that maybe this could be a bear market without a recession, which isn't all that common. Uh, so we'll kind of see where it goes. But there's been a lot of talk about raising interest rates and how many interest rate hikes we're going to see, and we've watched the the riskiest parts of our market have sold off very, very quickly. All the a lot of the growth names, the stay at home stocks, the companies that saw massive increases have now seen massive decreases. Just in the last you know six months, we've seen the unwinding of this, um, and who knows what's 
going to happen in the future. We don't know. It's one of the reasons we subscribe to the, the idea of having the financial plan for every single client. Well, you know, we always say history uh, doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. I think uh, Mark Twain uh, took credit for that uh, quote. And uh, the research uh, in, in the history uh, says that basically the last time interest rates and inflation uh, went up at the same time, that the, uh, you know, the markets, uh, that was 1976 to 1981, uh, the markets actually, uh, I call it the 5 and the 10 market, the markets went down five times over 10%, and we're seeing that now. And like I said, if somebody's working and has a financial plan, uh, preferably a one-page financial plan, then we could put that on the plan and, and make it look like it's an opportunity for people to jump in with their extra spare cash or continue their 401k contributions, continue the, the rebalancing. Uh, the recent uh, data on uh, corrections, um, the numbers are 10, 7, and 25. And we talked about this, Roger, on AM600, where really we've had 10 um, corrections of 10% or more since 2000. The average length of time has been seven months. Um, and the average drop has been 25%. So if, uh, if you go over with your customers and new people how often to expect your investments to go down, it's actually, it, it doesn't catch them off guard. It's not like it's, not like it's, a, it's a big uh, accident or, or anything. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing. We try to turn it in. We try to turn this negative into a positive uh, by having a, a one-page financial plan and having a bucket strategy and just trying to take advantage um, of these markets that go down. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we were taught buy low and sell high. Um, I don't know which is easier, uh, but buying low is, is, is tough because people, uh, people are scared because you have your account balances that are lower. Uh, but that's the time to back up the truck and really get some, uh, I think, some good mutual funds, and uh, and some things that uh, that are on sale right now, like you mentioned, if you have ten or fifteen more years to work, and we have growth funds that are down thirty and forty percent right now, boy, if you're if you're if you're backing up the truck and purchasing more of those, you know, I, I have to think fifteen years from now when you spend the money, uh, it's going to be higher, or, or you're gonna you're gonna own a lot more shares. Well, Jonas, one of the guys I follow a lot because he's kind of considered the perpetual bull on the stock market is Tom Lee of Fundstrat. And if you don't know what Fundstrat is, it's basically a research company um, that researches everything market related. And he just came out and said that we, January could be the bottoms in the market. And a little quote he has here says, if the correction lasted 14 to 20 days, the bounce to recovery highs will be 10 to 15 days, meaning the lows in January could be new highs in February. So I always think it's interesting to get the perspective of somebody who is not a perpetual bear. Um, and, and interestingly enough, he's probably right more times than not because the market typically tends to go up over time. But I thought this is interesting as he's saying, hey, we might be getting close to a bottom. As you know, we don't predict the bottom. I just think it's a very interesting um, a very interesting take on what's actually happening with the markets that's outside of, well, we're not at the bottom. If you listen to CNBC all day, it's just doom and gloom. And then we have Tom Lee, who truth be told, a lot of hedge funds, really large institutions rely on his 
information and his research, if you want a specific research assignment done, you can go hire them to do it just for you. Um, so I think that's an, a, more of a bullish take on the market, which I think is good to offset all the bear sentiment that that's out there at this point in time. Well, there's and, really two types of people, right? There's working people and there's, there's retired people. And, uh, some uh, some busy Iowans have no business to retire. <laughs> well, uh, kind of like one realize. of my neighbors. He's uh, every blade of grass that that goes up. He's out there mowing it, or he's making sure every square inch of ice is uh, off of his uh, driveway. But uh, the working class people, they have to take advantage of these dips uh, in the market somehow, and they they need to keep their head on straight and look at it as an opportunity. And we have uh, just as big of a challenge, Roger, with the retired people, right, with low interest rates right now. Retired people are almost forced into these financial products that, uh, uh, that they never would have looked at if, if uh, they could get a 4 or 5% bank CD. And that, that, creates some, uh, that creates some challenges for them because a lot of the financial products out there aren't really worth the uh, paper that they're printed on. And uh, again, the value of a, of a financial plan, but I've noticed that uh, with retired people that their number one objective is not to lose money um, at all. So, uh, you know, my biggest concern for retired people is try to get them um, in a position to where they're, they're keeping up with inflation and uh, they're planning on, on living longer. But I, I think that uh, in my brain, as far as planning is concerned, Working people and retired people, they should have different plans. And uh, they, if they do have different plans, uh, basically, uh, there's going to be opportunities for, for both sets of uh, people. Have you noticed the difference between working with uh, uh, working people and retired people, Roger? It's just a, it's a mental shift. And our job is to coach them on what they need to do to be successful. Um, I get, get this a lot when people come in, you know, I I'm retired now. I can't lose anything. And that's not really the truth because they think that they're now retired and their time horizon is short. If you think about the average retiree, they're going to live 20 to 25 years in retirement. So they still have a long time horizon. And I think one of the things that we've done a very good job in coaching these people on is creating a bucket system or what we refer to as a distribution strategy. We're not winging how to get this money out. There's a plan to get the money out and it's not just off the cuff. Um, one of the things, you know, if you think about there's the cycle of investor emotions. And I know in our, when you go into our men's bathroom, we have that Sir John Templeton sign that said, you know, you know, when the markets are at a peak, when we hit a euphoric stage. And I don't know if we've hit a euphoric stage, but it seems like, if you, you look around to last year, nothing could go down. The riskiest asset classes went up. Crypto went through the roof. NFTs were popular. All these high-risk assets were now gaining strength. And now maybe we've kind of bent the slope down to that anxiety or denial part where, hey, you know what? It's still going to come back. I don't know where we are in this cycle of investor emotion. Um, but I have a chart here. I'm going to put it on the website Molly will post it up on the website, which is btwellshow.com. If you want to go there, you can check out this cycle of investor emotion and kind of see where you feel like you're on this cycle. But one of the things I want to do is kind of hit on how does somebody deal with volatile markets? And I've, got, I've come up with five ways that you can deal with a volatile market. 
and still be invested. And the number one way we can do this, and we talk about this almost every day, is stick to your financial plan. If you haven't done one, you need to do one to give yourself a little bit of conviction that, hey, regardless of what happens with the market, this is why, I, why I'm invested this way and why I'm going to continue to be invested this way. The other thing you can do is if you're feeling apprehension or you feel like, hey, I'm scared of what may happen, it makes sense to go back and review your plan because what that financial plan really does for somebody, Jonas, is it gives them conviction in their asset allocation. That's the real tool that financial plan is, hey, number one, I'm on track and here's the amount of risk I need to take to stay on track. And that's what the financial plan can do. Because what happens, people at this point, the market goes down 10% and emotions start to run wild. Well, maybe I should go to cash. Maybe I should do something different. Well, if you go to a financial plan and you model for the client going all the cash versus where they are now, and let's just utilize a client who has a balanced portfolio, 60% stock, 40% bond. And today their probability of success is 85% if they stick with that, that asset allocation. And I go and model it. And now I take that, 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 that uh, success level to, let's say, 18% by going to all cash. What's the client going to choose? They're going to stay fully invested, and that's why you have a financial plan, is so we're not guessing at what's going to happen based upon our asset allocation. That's really the number one reason is to help dial in the risk that somebody should be taking. Well, that's one of the things that we try to educate uh, people on, Roger, all the time. It's almost this all or nothing thinking, right? And uh, we talk about the uh, the joy of uh, gains, the pleasure of gains is pleasurable. Uh, if you've done a good job saving money and you go from uh, X to Y with gains, you kind of like that. It's, it's, it's fun to look at on the statement. But uh, if you go back two or three thousand, two or two or three hundred thousand dollars, um, in your 401k, uh, with a correction or something, if you don't have a plan, you're kind of like a ship on the ocean. You're, uh, because those, those paper losses hurt so much more than those gains seem to help. And, uh, Roger, you do a good job, uh, with people, with the technology for people and doing the, the, the financial plans. And, uh, you always talk about on the radio, the probability of success when markets drop and you've had, uh, you've had people call you and say, uh, should I go to cash? Um, and, and again, as advisors, we never get calls when things are going up, right? Yeah, <laughs> we never get a pack well, on the, <laughs> well, you know what though? I, I do have clients markets the last, you know, let's just say the last three years, markets have been pretty good. Well, should we get more risky? So I use it the other way too, right? Because people, when things do well, think they really want more risk and they may or may not. Um, and that's one thing that you need to do is evaluate your, and this is really the number two way to combat volatile markets is examine your personal risk tolerance. What are you really willing to risk? And I know we use some software called Riskalyze for a long time. And I think some guys in the office still use it. And what it is is just a different way to frame risk. And what they do is just exactly what you just talked about, Jonas, is instead of saying, hey, how would you feel if the market went down 10% or 20%? They say, well, if you have a million dollars and your account went 200, down 250,000, how would you feel? Because dollars 
are more sensitive than percentages. So you need to evaluate what are you really willing to risk? And then does that line up with the results of my financial plan? Because yeah, at the I, end I don't of the know, day, I don't know why more investors or every investor doesn't do this. Just check their risk first before they follow any recommendations. But, uh, you know, a, a risk, uh, tolerance or a risk assessment is just like a personal Carfax report on your investment history, right? Yeah. Um, you have you had an accident back in 2008, and the, the risk report kind of shows what your reactions were the last time you had an, an accident um, in your portfolio. Did you, back in 2008, when the markets got, went down, did you mow your flowers down? Did you switch your uh, 401k, uh, over to cash. If you did, then, uh, you, you have to question yourself if you want to own a lot of stocks in the future, because that's not, that's a, that's, that's a very low risk, uh, tolerance, uh, move. And I, I equate it to a Carfax report. It's whatever you did the last time the markets went down and the, the, the customers that have a good report coming back, they didn't mow their flowers down uh, when we had the COVID crash in March of 2020. They continued their uh, contributions. And even better, they some of them may have put their extra spare cash in somewhere around April or, or May of 2020. And you know back then, Roger, that was uh, that was the time to buy. You could have bought you could have bought anything. You could have bought any household item that you purchase. You could have bought that company and uh, look at the uh, look at the balance today, and it's probably uh, probably a lot higher. It, it goes to show why time in the market matters. I was watching The Big Short, and I know you've watched this movie probably multiple times. Have you watched The Big Short before? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so The Big Short. There was a clip on YouTube, and I just happened to be watching it, and the clip was the shorts have taken control. And there's a part of this show where it's really the start down the meltdown to the financial crisis. And at the bottom right hand corner, they were watching CNBC and it had the ticker of the Dow Jones. It was like 12,300. And at that time, so 2008, everybody was like 12,300. The stock market is so overvalued and so high. And sure enough, it went down. The Dow closed at 35,000 points last week. It's three times higher than the peak of 08. So people say, well, you know, they always feel like it's expensive. How are you going to feel like in the future? Land's the same way. I remember you used to be able to buy hunting land for 1500 an acre. It's like 5,000 bucks an acre now. It just, everything gets more expensive over time. And people, if people have that long, that long game vision, it's going to really, really help them. Um, to, well, to you alleviate talked about, uh, um, you, you, I think that we're the only financial office that doesn't try to time the stock market. And I know you get approached quite a bit from people that uh, may be shopping around different financial advisors. And one, one advisor has a strategy to time the market. And you've been approached before, and, uh, and you say no. You say there's no way to, there's no way to time the market. I, I have a client um, who we got about two years ago. And he was shopping major, major players, and he's got a lot of money. And he came into my office and said, what are you going to do if the market goes down? I said, nothing. He goes, well, they tell me they're going to do this. I said, well, they're wrong. They can't do it. And I just, I literally had conviction in what I told him. And I, I earned the business. And he told, said, you know, the reason I did business with you is because you weren't willing to budge. 
you didn't come up with a story as to why you were going to be able to time the market or why you're going to be able to like work this magic. You just said, we're going to have a financial plan. We're going to execute it. We're going to have the right holdings and good diversification. And it'll work out over time because that's what's worked for the last 50 years. The next shiny widget, that, that's just a shiny widget for a long time, for a little period of time. Everything you know, I, wears I off think eventually. That, uh, I think that people appreciate that because it's education more than it is, you know, a sales uh, pitch or a sales uh, product. And uh, um, we have uh, we have people uh, that, uh, again, they, they want to come in and try to time the market. And you look at who I follow, Warren Buffett, he really doesn't even time the market, right? He just kind of waits for the market to go on sale. He looks at the market as, uh, and this is no, uh, this is not making fun of the, the mental condition, but he calls the market bipolar, a bipolar business partner where the market delivers, comes to you with a deal every day. And sometimes it's way overvalued. Sometimes it drops like this 10% correction that we've had. And um, if, if, if Warren Buffett was trying to time the market, there'd be no reason for him to have $145 billion in cash right now paying next to nothing. He's just waiting for that the stock market to be a business partner to come in with a really good deal where he can deploy some of that cash. So I don't even think Warren Buffett is trying to time the market. And if he's not, then, uh, boy, I, I can't think of any anybody else that could be good at it. If somebody tells you they're going to do this, you're not going to stay with them long because the first time there's volatility and they don't time the market, they're going to leave. So I'll give you a great example of why there's a lot of people and a lot of companies that say, hey, we can time the market. It's called tactical investing. It was all the rage from 2010 to about 13. Hey, we're going to protect the downside. We're going to get you out of the market. Well, you know what happened? Everybody just missed the upside because they were constantly trying to get in and out of the market. They just kept missing the upside and, and it just didn't work. And you hear nothing about tactical managers today. I'm sure they're going to be coming back. if We get some kind of a correction. Well, we're tactical. We move to cash. If you're trying to move between stocks and bonds and cash, like just, well, I'm in the stock market today. I'm in cash tomorrow. That's not a winning strategy. Like you said, Warren Buffett doesn't do that. He'll keep cash to buy if there's a market dip, but he's not selling all of his holdings because he believes it's high. And this goes, now the next thing, and this, this kind of talks about being diversified, but the third way to kind of combat volatile markets is diversify your holdings. So a lot of people have gotten concentrated in a few things over the, la the course of the last year because people flock to what does well. Growth has done really well. And I had a, a meeting with a client, this is about a year and a half ago, had a growth fund. It was up like 30 some percent. I don't remember which one it was. It was just a, a growth fund. He goes, well, why don't we own that with the whole portfolio? <laughs> and I go, well, it doesn't really work that way. Like it's probably not going to be the winner the next year. And then sure enough, the next year it was large cap value beating it and kind of gave the tune as to why we would be diversified. But that's the best way is to get your asset allocation from your, your financial plan. And then be fully diversified. Don't have too much in any one sector. And for a lot of people, it's been reaching for technology, right? Technology, the NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100, the triple Qs have just done phenomenal the last two years. So people are like, man, I want to have that. Well, now we're down 15 and 20%. In fact, I, what did I hear? 50% um, of the NASDAQ stocks are down over 50%. 
Think the about that. They're down over 50. Robinhood's down 70%. You've got all of these stay-at-home stay-at-home companies that have just slid off the grid in the last, you know, 6 to 9 months. Kathy Wood's Arc Fund, it's down over 50%. It's been one of the most popular funds she's seeing outflows because those are the most risky investments that are out there. Well, you we we talk about this all the time. If you're the type of uh, um, investor that uses a financial advisor, if if you uh, if you want financial advice, if you've seen somebody before, and that advisor, there's two types of communication, right? There's a miscommunication, and there's no communication. With all the stuff going on in the investment world right now, if you haven't heard from your current advisor, if that person hasn't educated you on how often to, uh, how often to expect your investments to go down if he hasn't he or she hasn't approached you about uh doing a uh, uh some type of a vision document as you're ne- as you're nearing retirement then that's really no communication so that's what we're battling it's it's like a, we have a competition with the other advisors Roger they and we I think we do a better job at just good communication um, and, uh, it's not market timing or anything. It's just, it's just calling customers right back and communicating better. That's, you just took four right out of my mouth. But number four was actually learn about the economic cycles. The more you can be educated about how this stuff really works, it, it, education's power. You know, we had a motto for a long time, educate and inspire. The more we educate people, teach them how this stuff works and what to expect, the better off they're going to be. And that leads into number five. Number five is actually expect and accept volatility. Volatility is not going away. It is going to be with us for all of time. There's going to be periods of time in economic cycles when things aren't that volatile and things just seem to be going well. But anytime there's a speed bump, it just causes volatility. And that's not bad for some people. Volatility offers opportunity. So our young investors if the market's down 10 and 15%, well, maybe this is a great place to deploy some excess cash that you had if you have a 5, 10, 15-year time horizon. Maybe this is a great time to go say, hey, things are a little bit on sale. I'll fire some of my bullets. And then if it goes on sale even more, I'll fire more. Um, what's the little the saying you had? You had something you used to do with people. If the market goes down 10%, you had a little excess capital kind of equation you'd use with them jonas yeah i i use a, just a, a a 10 down and 10 in strategy that uh, i have people coming in this afternoon and it's it's all about like you said your extra spare cash since the interest rates are so low right now um and they're gonna be low for uh 2022 uh if the market goes down 10 percent, i have uh people put 10 percent of their extra spare cash not their emergency fund but just their extra spare cash into the market somewhere, depending on their risk tolerance and time horizon. And uh, it's kind of fun. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything that is going to make people rich. But again, we're, be, we're, being, uh, we're being proactive. It's really a proactive approach about these uh, market cycles and corrections. Uh, but it's 10 down, 10 in. Um, every time the market goes down 10, uh, I have people bring me money that, uh, they think is over and above what they need in the bank. Well, last one here, I got a bonus strategy for everybody. And this is maybe the most important one. Have a sounding board, somebody or someone that you trust that you can say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. 
What do you think? And that's what financial advisors are for people. We're really a sounding board for all their concerns, their fears, all the different things, different things they have. If you don't have an advisor and you don't want one, you know, a financial advisor, let's be clear, is not for everybody. We think it is, but there are people out there that can do this themselves because they have the time, the desire, and the knowledge to do it. But most of those people, I would guess, still have a sounding board. They have someone they can go to that they trust and just say, hey, what do you think about this scenario? So I think that's a good last strategy how to deal with this market volatility is have a really good sounding board. I don't know who's your sounding board. Well, I'm your sounding board, Jonas. <laughs> You're my sounding board, Roger. So <laughs> if I run out of ideas, I just knock. Uh, I just kind of knock on your office door and talk to you and Elias. And uh, that's the nice thing about our office is there's a lot of smarter a uh, lot more smarter uh, people than uh, than I am around here. So I just kind of p- uh, pick your brain and we pick e- each other's brain. But I think that uh, uh, the the number one thing I've had success with the last 28 years is just calling customers back right away. Yeah, and I think I know your, your customers appreciate it, and I know mine appreciate it when you pick the phone up. Like when you actually physically answer the phone when they call, they appreciate that. Most of my clients have my cell phone, so I get a lot of calls on that during the day. In this um, day and oh, age of texting and emailing, sometimes you call people up and they're like, they're they're floored. It's an actual conversation uh, with uh, with somebody, and uh, I think that uh, that'll never go away. I think that's the most important thing about financial advice. So, Jonas, I'm going to switch gears in you real quick, but I know you just released your second book, um, and what's it called? The Upside down retirement, upside down retirement. Whoop, there it is right there. Well, you know, your first book, I appreciate it because it's some of the same views that I have on, you know, budgeting and that, you know, just doing this budget where you put 10% into housing, because that's what someone says. That's for the birds, just kind of building your lifestyle around the budget. I haven't had a chance to read your second book. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that book? What made you write it and what you're most excited about? you know, because of writing that book, Jonas. Yeah, yeah, there's a technique in the book. I basically wrote I wrote this book because I didn't want to forget about using this thinking technique that I, I kind of stumbled upon. Some of the billionaires use this thinking uh, technique, and it's just an upside-down question that you can ask yourself about your finances. And one of my favorite ones, I get calls from people all, all the time, should I buy crypto? Um, and, uh, I say, what would, what would be the worst thing? I, 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 I say the question upside down to them. I say, what would be the worst thing that could happen if you didn't buy, uh, crypto? And, uh, this is, uh, this book has this question in there that I think it's very important that, uh, especially if people, uh, think that they have to work another one or two or three years, I asked, I asked them, in the book, what if, what if you couldn't work three more years? What if, what if, uh, and you poise the question in an upside down or an inverted, uh, fashion about any financial uh, problem that you have. And there's a section in the book about, uh, air safety and how, you know, I think airplane travel is the safest, uh, there is. And, uh, you would think that, uh, these airplane manufacturers go in, uh, to to do their safety protocols as uh, with a question of how do I make the plane safer? They actually uh, they poise an upside down question. They say uh, how do we kill everybody on the plane? 
and they go they go from the opposite uh, end and they go through every detail um, up. And I think that it's a it's a really neat uh, mental trick that uh, people have a financial problem. Uh, another uh, section of the book is uh, some people I've had this. Uh, some people uh, ask me, uh, well. You know, I can't afford. Uh, um, you know, I can't afford to uh, buy Christmas presents this year, so I'm going to have to use my credit card. And uh, one of the things that I said back to them was, "Why don't you max your credit card out buying Christmas presents?" So I, I poised a upside down question, and uh, they uh, they automatically went to work mentally and said, "I'm never going to max my credit card out." Just buying Christmas presents. I'll, I'll find a way to, for my family to have a nice Christmas. So I think it's a good read. And the nice thing is it's not 180 pages. It's about uh, 58 pages. Nice. And if anybody wants to get, uh, get the link of the book, you can go to btwellshow.com. Um, I know we have your other book posted there too, Jonas. And, you know, as we always say, if you haven't done a financial plan, this is a great time to do one. Um, and we do have the light version in, in, we've come up with this idea of a one page financial plan and it doesn't mean it's less, but sometimes less is more. And what I mean by that is we still go through the same methodology as we always have. But what we found is when people can have one document that just gives them the glide path of what they need to do to be successful, making sure they're on track. And if not what they need to do to get on track, it's very easy for them to conceptualize and they don't feel overwhelmed by this. So if you want one of those one page financial plans, go to btwellshow.com. Uh, there's a link down in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, Jonas, I want to thank you for showing up for the show today. I'm going to have you back more often. I feel like Elias has stolen some of your thunder. Um, we'll try not to get him sick for you to come back on the show, but I definitely want to have you on the show again. Do you have any closing thoughts, Jonas? No, I just, uh, you know, I, I'm just happy to be uh, working with great people. And thank you, Molly. Thank you, Roger. And, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to come back. All right. Hey, want to thank everybody for listening. If, you, uh, if you're looking to get a financial plan or if you'd like a copy of Jonas's book, go to btwellshow.com, and we'll be happy to get that for you. Until next time, thanks for listening. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Premier Investments of Iowa Incorporated and LPL Financial do not provide tax advice. Please consult your tax professional.